Romans 8.15 says, You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Welcome to Spirit of Adoption Radio, where we soar above all the darkness of this world and see things in the light of God's eternal perspective. Now, here's your hosts, Kevin and Tabitha Lavelle. Everybody, shalom. We're so thankful and blessed that you would choose to join us today for episode number 112 of Spirit of Adoption Radio. I'm Kevin. With me, as always, is my dear wife, Tabitha. How are you today, Svia? I'm jamming. I'm doing great. Feel like you're back in Africa singing with our little brethren there? Yes. I love my little African children. Shout out to all the children in Africa. Hey. Amen. Trust the Lord. <laughs> I love how they I say that. I love how they dance and how they sing with all their Amen. heart. Amen. Unforgettable. That's right. We need to become like little children. Amen. Amen. And I'm trying to get you to come to Africa with me. I've had a brother invite me. That's right. We were kind of waiting on an invitation yeah. for Kevin to go to Africa. You're trying to catch a gnat right now. Yeah, there's there's this there's annoying a gnat flying around your face right bug now. right by my radio As stuff. we're talking about going to Africa, you're annoyed with one little gnat flying around your head. Right. What but are you going to do when you get to Africa? I'm going to put my mosquito net out over my bed <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> well, there's no, there's no other bugs besides mosquitoes? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I think mosquitoes are the most problematic in Africa because they carry things that the mosquitoes here don't carry. Isn't that funny? Mm. And when I tell my friends in Africa that the mosquitoes here don't carry malaria yeah. and that you don't get malaria from mosquitoes in the in the West, mm. they're they're like, "What? Really? That's amazing." You know, cuz yeah. <laughs> cuz they're everyone knows that you get malaria from mosquitoes in Africa. Right. So, so you shouldn't have a problem with mosquitoes here. Right. Right. Exactly. But I still don't like them. Yeah. Because they still bite and they still leave a little mark. And, but and you got to trust the Lord. With all your heart, <laughs> lean not into. Hey, that's a, good, that's a good one for you. Lean not on your own understanding about Africa. I'm willing to go. I just, I just got to have some more confirmation, you know, mm-hmm. just to know for sure, for sure. Okay. Right? Lord, let us know. But I'm open to going wherever the Lord wants to send me. It would be amazing. I would love gospel. to take you to Uganda, especially. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's one place I haven't been yet. That's right. Is Africa. So I might have to book a ticket with Adoption Airfare. You won't want to leave. It's beautiful. There's so many people that just are hungry for God in Africa. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like a ripe harvest there. Right. And, you know, speaking of the children, like we're listening to the children singing on that song, right? Mm-hmm. Even the children in Africa are, are different, right? Yeah. They're like hungry they're to learn so, of the Lord. Yeah. They're just so pure. and But mm. it's really, There's a more really of sweet. an innocence there in some ways. Yeah. Really. Right. More mm-hmm. of an innocence there. But yeah, if the Lord wants us to go, then we're willing. So, Amen. We're, we'll say Hineni in Africa. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And on today's show, speaking of children, we're excited to bring the faith report back. Yay. Right? Yes. Our little child, Faith. That's right. Faith <laughs> and her Lava. And her reporting for the Lord, right? That's right. So we haven't actually done a faith report for quite a while, and we actually had some of our listeners that had requested the faith report and had been asking, you know, when are we going to do the faith report again? And mm-hmm. we've been hearing that. Yeah. And so what I did is I put together kind of a compilation of all of her faith reports that she has done thus far. Yay. And I took them and I put them all together. So it's really interesting because you can hear how she has matured as she did the faith report, Aww. right? As she was serving the Lord, because our, our daughter, praise God, she's following Jesus. Yes. And she's zealous to do this. I'm not like forcing her to do it. She's really wanting to do it. Yeah. And so you get to hear how she has grown in that. And even even her age, you'll hear mm-hmm. it in her voice and everything. It's It's cute, you know? Yeah. And it's just a blessing to hear how she's grown in the Lord, in yes. her maturity in Christ. I know. And so I put that together, and we get to hear them in chronological order. Amen. From the first one to the last one. So we're going to play that today. And then next week, we're going to have a brand new episode of The Faith Report that she's going to record for next week that we're going to put in the midst of our normal episode. Yay. So be looking out for that one. Amen. Yes. But today we get to enjoy this compilation of the faith report. So I hope everyone's encouraged uh, by these testimonies, especially, right? The truth of these testimonies, because it really touches my heart to hear them myself. And it it causes my faith to be stirred. Yes. Amen. True stories. That's right. Of our brethren. That's right. And so do you know what time it is, dear? It's time for the faith report. Amen. Welcome to the faith report, bringing you stories of faith, hope, and love from believers all over the world. Now here's faith. Shalom, Havarim. My name is Faith Hope Lavelle. And in today's top story, Dina and her family totally transformed by the Bible and God. Dina and her sister were playing by the park one day when they heard children singing and dancing. They asked one of the employees about it, and she said they were from the Orphan's Promise Center by their house. So they asked their parents about it. Their parents said they may go, and they went to check it out. So... They learn that everybody loves listening to the Bible and listening to something called Superbook. 
which is this thing where they transform back in time or forward in time. And in this episode, they were transforming forward in time to the coming of the Lord. They watched this superbook, and it was about Revelation, when God is coming back on a white horse. Dina recognized that they were, that God was fighting for her in the video, and that God was going to trample the serpent under his foot for her. They recognized that they were sinners and that they needed to repent. And the the teacher asked that if any of them wanted to get saved. Dina and her little sister raised their hand. They prayed that they'll receive the Lord as their Savior. They felt like a new creation. And after Dina thought about it for a while, she, she thought of how her father was addicted to alcohol and that, that God was fighting for her father as well. So she was praying for her father every day and reading the Bible every day. And soon her mother came to faith in Christ. And then afterwards, her father came to faith in Christ and stopped being addicted to alcohol. He stopped drinking immediately. And after that, Dina and her family are watching Superbook even more and listening to how God is going to trample the serpent under his foot and how God chose all the disciples. Dina recognized that God was truly real and that God was fighting for every person in their family and how God was fighting for every person in the world. That's the story of Dina in Peru. Shalom, Havarim. My name is Faith Hope Lavelle. And in today's top story, Chunye betrayed by her own friend. Chunye grew up in a comfortable family in North Korea. Her father was a military officer, so the government took care of them. But when Chunye was a young child, a famine in North Korea brought suffering to even the most secure families. Then when she was a teenager, both her parents died. Chunye made two trips to China with her friend to try to earn money. On the first trip, she met Christians who shared the Bible and gospel with her. Chunye was fearful because the North Korean officials would punish her severely if they found out she had heard the gospel. The North Korean government wants citizens to look up to them for help and guidance. Chunye later traveled to China with another of her friends, but her friend betrayed her and sold her to a Chinese man to be his wife. Chunye did not know Chinese and had no way to escape back to North Korea, so she was trapped. Many North Koreans were tricked into going to China and ended up as slaves to mean and harsh husbands. But Chunye's husband and his family were kind to her. When she wanted to escape from them and go to South Korea, they even gave her money to help her. Chunye believes that God has always helped her since the Christians she met on her first trip to China began praying for her. In South Korea, Chunye began to miss her Chinese husband. He was honest and good, and he had taken good care of her. Thankfully, he was able to join her in South Korea, where he became a Christian. Chunye had also decided to follow Jesus. Together, they go to church and are committed to having a Christian marriage. I am grateful for everything, Chunye said. I will be grateful if God uses my husband and me in any way. They pray that more Koreans 
will come to know Jesus as their Savior. That's the story of Chunye in Korea. Shalom, Havarim. My name is Faith Hope Laval, and in today's top story, an American Bible smuggler went into a place where most people wouldn't even step a foot in. Patrick is a Bible smuggler. He shared a testimony about his smuggling team taking Bibles into Iran, a country where most people are Muslims. This is what he said. The first time I went into Iran, I had about 80 Bibles in my bag, and I had never been to Iran. I didn't know what to expect. I prayed, Lord, I need your help. I called people back in the United States and asked them to pray. We arrived at Tehran, the capital of Iran, at 2.30 in the morning. We could feel the oppression in the air and fear. A man said to us, come over here. I have to check your passports. We went with him and and he said, we have to fingerprint you because you're Americans. Come with me. I love America. You know all those things you hear about Iran and about how people in Iran hate us? Well, they're not true. The man fingerprinted us and we laughed and joked with him. I looked and there was nobody by the x-ray machine. By the time I got there and got our bags, a man stepped out of nowhere. He said, put your suitcases on the extra machine. My heart was pounding fast. I thought, what would happen to me? Are they going to shoot me? As we loaded the suitcases on the machine, the man asked, are you tourists? We said, yes. He said, from where? We said, from America. He said, you're from America? I love America. Take your suitcases off the x-ray machine. You can go through because you're Americans. I think that shows God's love and his power and how he wants everybody to have his word. That's the story of Patrick in Iran. Shalom, Havarim. My name is Faith Hope Lavelle. And in today's top story, Jews and Arabs are being saved in Israel like never before. Zev Parat is a Jewish follower of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah who lives in the land of Israel. One day, Zev was witnessing in the city of Ashkelon and sharing a verse about Jesus from Psalm 34, which says, He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. Zev was asking the people, Who is this verse referring to? As Zev was sharing, he noticed one of the main rabbis of Ashkelon, Rabbi Kleisman, walking by him. Zev introduced himself and asked, May I ask you a question? Being one of the main rabbis, he was very happy to be asked a question. He said, yes. Zev turned to Psalm 34, verse 20, and read with him in Hebrew. Then he asked Rabbi Klasman, who is this speaking of? Immediately, the smile disappeared from his face. He was at a loss of words. The Holy Spirit was working on him. At that moment, Rabbi Klasman said, It's a little bit difficult for me to continue standing here. I have to go. Zev said, there's a park right here. Maybe we could sit down in the shade and study the word of God together. Praise the Lord, Rabbi Kleisman agreed. And they went to the park to study the word of God together. Zev opened the Bible and read from Psalms 22 about Jesus on the cross and how his bones were not broken. After hearing this, Rabbi Kleisman began to get very nervous. Zev turned to the rabbi and said, This is speaking about the Messiah who died on the cross for your sins, rose on the third day, and by his blood, if you repent and believe, 
you have full remission of sins and eternal life. Rabbi Kleisman said, This is impossible. Jews don't believe this. Zev asked, Are you not looking at a Jewish Bible? He said, Yes. Is it not written by King David under the the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? He said, Yes. At this point, Rabbi Kleisman wanted to see even more Bible passages about the Messiah. This rabbi, who was in such a hurry to leave before, was now sitting together with Zev in the park and studying the Word of God about Jesus the Messiah for hours. After much discussion, Zev then told Rabbi Klasman, Today is your supernatural day of salvation. He began to tremble. Zev asked him, Do you want to accept Yeshua, Jesus, as your personal Savior? He said, Yes. Then Rabbi Klasman stood up and confessed Yeshua, Jesus, as Lord and Savior of his life. This was truly a supernatural event. All the glory belongs to Yeshua Jesus. It's not easy for any Jew to accept Yeshua as the Messiah, but especially if you are one of the main rabbis, like Rabbi Kleisman. Please pray that he'll have the strength and the power through the Holy Spirit to overcome persecution and to preach the gospel to his students and family. Zev and his team at Messiah of Israel Ministries is now meeting with Rabbi Kleisman regularly for a Bible study. Let's continue to pray for our new brother in Yeshua. That's the story of Rabbi Kleisman in Israel. Shalom Havarim, my name is Faith Hope Lavelle, and in today's top story, Irvin is a Christian in a country where most people are Muslims. The government in his country does not want Christians to spread the gospel and lead others to Christ. Irvin spent more than seven years in a prison because of his devotion to Jesus and his word. Conditions in the prison were harsh. One way they mistreated the prisoners was to keep them awake all day and all night. They even taped Irvin's eyes open so that he couldn't fall asleep. But Irvin had a secret weapon. He had memorized more than 100 Bible verses before he went to prison. He survived the difficult conditions by repeating the verses over and over. They strengthened him and helped him stay close to God. Irvin still lives in the same Muslim country where he went to prison. Pray for his protection and for the persecutors and government leaders to come to Christ. That's the story of Brother Irvin and his secret weapon. Shalom, Havarim. My name is Faith Hopevel and today's top story. Mi grew up in Laos. Her neighbors were Communist Party leaders and her father was a government sniper whose job was to shoot enemies of the government. When Mi was two years old, her father died. Then, when she was 14, she found out she had thyroid cancer. After fighting the disease for five years, she felt hopeless when the doctors gave her three months to live. Mi's sister, who had become a Christian, encouraged Mi to go to church. At church, Mi prayed, If you are really true, God, heal me and I will serve you until I die. That night, she dreamed about two paths, a dark one and a light one. The dark path scared her, but on the light path, she saw a man saying, Come with me. She walked toward him, and he touched her head, saying, I love you like a daughter. I could feel the love of the Father, which I had never had before, she recalled. I talked to my sister about it, 
She read the Bible to me, and I confessed that I wanted to believe. At a medical checkup about a month later, Mi was stunned to learn that her cancer had disappeared. But her struggles were not over. One day, a communist guard in her neighborhood pointed a gun at her forehead and said, If you continue to be a Christian, I will kill you. You can kill my body, but not my spirit, he told him. Surprised, the guard lowered his gun. He told me he would continue to watch her. Since that day, the threat of death does not matter to me. She knows that without God's miraculous healing, she wouldn't be alive anyway. Her life is in his hands. That's the story of me in Laos. Shalom, Havarim. My name is Faith Hopelval, and in today's top story. Growing up, Shema had never met a Christian. Most of the people where she lived in Algeria followed Islam, the religion of the Muslims. But through listening to Christian radio stations and writing down all the Bible verses she heard on the programs, Shema decided to follow Jesus and became a Christian. One day, Shema met a young man at a bus stop. The young man, Ali, was attracted to her. May I talk to you? Ali asked her. Shema knew it could be dangerous to be a Christian in her country, but she answered Ali, I am a Christian. Still hoping to find favor with her, Ali said to Shema, My brother is a Christian. Really? Shema asked. But there were many things he didn't tell Shema. For one thing, Ali was a strict Muslim who had been trained to fight alongside radical Islamists. He had forbidden his own mother and sisters to watch TV because he wanted them to be stricter Muslims. And as for his brother, Ali thought he deserved to be dead because he had left Islam to follow Christ. But Shema did not know any of that. She asked Ali if he could please get a Bible from his brother for her. Ali was eager to please Shema, so he got a Bible for her. But before he gave it to her, he read it to see what it said. He began to compare its teaching with the words of the Quran. Then one night he had a dream that Jesus spoke to him and said, Come to me, all you who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Ali woke up. He felt as if a load had been lifted from his shoulders. Lord, forgive me, he prayed. You are Christ, you are God, and I believe. Shema and Ali are now married. They work as a team among Muslims, and they have led many people to the Lord. They meet with other Christians secretly in homes, cafes, and parks, because the police officers are always watching them. But Ali is not worried. He says, When I die, I know where I'm going. Ali and Shema teach new believers to expect persecution, but they also encourage them to know and trust that Jesus will always be with them. That's the story of Shema and Ali in Algeria. Shalom, Havarim. My name is Faith Hopelavel, and in today's top story, the hymn Facing a Task Unfinished was first penned in 1930 by China Inland Mission Worker Frank Houghton at a time when persecution and martyrdom of Christians in China was extremely severe. As Houghton reflected on the words of Jesus in Matthew 24, 14, to bear the torch of the gospel to all the nations, his heart was broken for the people of China, and he wrote, Facing a task unfinished that drives us to our knees, 
A need that undiminished rebukes our slothful ease. We who rejoice to know thee, renew before thy throne. The solemn pledge we owe thee to go and make thee known. In the midst of this very dark time in China, the China Inland Mission issued a call for 200 new missionaries to set sail for China and spread the good news of the gospel. Houghton Tim, facing a task unfinished, galvanized the challenge in song. By 1931, there were 203 new missionaries ready to plunge into the darkness and share the light of Christ in China, knowing that it could well cost them their lives. Their labor of love contributed to what mission experts believe to be the greatest growth of Christianity in the history of the world. An estimated growth of over 80 million people entered the kingdom. That's the story of Facing a Task Unfinished. Let's finish the task. Shalom, Havarim. My name is Faith Hope Lavelle, and in today's top story, Esther is a Christian in the Philippines. She was a leader in her youth group, and her father is a pastor. Esther wanted to be a nurse. She finished nurse's training and planned to visit a hospital to see if she could get a job. Finally, she was going to get a chance to be a real nurse. Esther was very excited. She got on a public bus that was going to the hospital. It was 7 a.m., and many people were eating breakfast at a nearby restaurant. Not many were on the bus yet. After Esther was seated and comfortable, she noticed a bag under her seat. I felt uneasy, so I moved across the aisle, Esther said. About five minutes later, there was a loud explosion. The bag under the seat where I was sitting earlier exploded. It was a bomb. That side of the bus was totally ripped off. The seat the bomb was under disappeared. I checked myself. My hair was burned. Pieces of the burned seats were stuck all over my body. My ears were bleeding. I was rushed to the hospital. The doctor said both my eardrums were broken due to the explosion. I could barely hear. The doctor said my ears would probably not heal. My mother and father prayed for me. They asked Christian friends to pray for me too. After one month, I went to the doctor for a checkup. My hearing was normal and my eardrums were mended. The doctor said it was a miracle. I am healed. Praise God. I thank God for saving me and sparing my life. Praise the Lord. He's alive. My desire is to be a blessing to others and to be used by God. That's the story of Esther in the Philippines. Shalom, Havarim. My name is Faith Hope Abel. And in today's top story, as a Muslim youth in Pakistan, Rafiq joined the Pakistani army. The army sent him to a city far from his home. A Christian invited Rafiq to a church in the city. Rafiq heard what the Bible says about sin and salvation, and he gave his heart to Jesus. He was so excited about his new life. He began to tell everybody about Jesus, even the Muslims in the army. One day, a Muslim army officer warned Rafiq to stop talking about Jesus. But Rafiq could not stop sharing the love of Jesus with others. The officer decided to punish him. He told Rafiq that he was going to send him to another place where the army work was very hard. Rafiq didn't want to leave his new church family. Will you pray that I will not have to go away? He asked the people at the church. No, they answered. We can't pray for that. For two years, we have been praying that God would send more Christians to the place where the army is sending you. Maybe you are one of the Christians he is sending. 
Rafik didn't understand. He felt sad and disappointed. He left the city with an unhappy heart. One night, after the lights were out in his new army base, Rafik decided to read his Bible. He covered himself with a blanket and began reading with a small flashlight. A Muslim officer discovered Rafik reading his Bible. The officer was angry. Come into my office tomorrow, he told Rafik, and bring this book. You will be punished for reading after the lights were supposed to be out. Rafik was afraid, but he took his fears to God in prayer. The next morning, the officer asked Rafik many questions and looked at his Bible. As the officer began to read the Bible, God miraculously touched his heart, and he was no longer angry. Your God is a living and powerful God, he said to Rafik. Then the officer gave Rafik permission to freely share the gospel with others in the army base. Amazingly, this army base that was meant to be a place of punishment for Rafik turned out to be a blessing. Rafik was only supposed to be there for six months, but he decided to willingly stay there for three years. Several people in the army base became Christians, and he even started a new church in the area. Rafik then understood why God had allowed him to go to the place where he didn't want to go, and he was so glad that he went. That's the story of Rafik in Pakistan. Shalom, Havarim. My name is Faith Hopevel, and in today's top story... Gauda was an ambulance driver in India. One day, a Christian gave Gauda a small cross. He explained to Gauda that those who believe in Jesus receive forgiveness for their sins. Gauda, a Hindu, was not interested in the offer of forgiveness. In fact, he was angry. Hindu writings tell of many gods. Hindus do not believe that Jesus is the only way to God. Gauda took the cross home and threw it in the attic. Gauda's son, Asit, grew up learning Hindu ways. When he became a man, a Christian gave him a Bible. Asit was not pleased. He threw the book in the family attic. Then Asit became very sick. He had a heart problem. His Hindu friends told him to walk barefoot for 15 days to a Hindu temple to get well. At the temple, the Hindu priest asked Asit for money. Asit paid the money, but was not healed. Santosi, Asit's 14-year-old daughter, looked in the attic while her father traveled to the temple. She found her grandfather's cross. Santosi had heard that Jesus was a loving man. She knew he suffered and died on a cross, and that he prayed for his persecutors and forgave them. Santosi didn't understand the meaning of the cross, even though she loved the stories of Jesus. She put the cross beside her family's Hindu idols and worshipped it along with the Hindu gods. Her two sisters heard about Jesus too. Three girls worshipped the cross together. When Asit got home, he scolded the girls and put the cross outside the house. He wouldn't allow his daughters to follow Jesus. Asit's heart condition continued to worsen, so he went to visit a relative who also had a heart condition, but was helped through his doctor. Asit wanted to learn more about the doctor who helped him, but instead, he learned more about Jesus. His relative with the heart problem had become a Christian. For six days, Asit's relative talked to him about the Bible and answered all of his questions. When Asit left, he had a new savior and a new heart. His heart pain was completely gone. When Asit got home, he threw up all of his Hindu idols. Then he told his wife and children the truth about Jesus and the cross. Santosi and her sisters learned to worship Jesus instead of the cross he died on. The family all believed in Jesus and trusted him as their Lord and Savior. When their Hindu friends and relatives heard about their new faith, they would no longer visit or talk to them. 
Santosi and her family pray for them, just as Jesus prayed on the cross for his persecutors. That's the story of Asit and his family in India. Shalom, Havarim. My name is Faith Hopevel, and in today's top story. Susan comes from a strict Islamic family in Uganda, Africa. When she was 14 years old, a visiting speaker came to her school. He spoke about a man named Jesus, who claimed he was the Son of God and had come to save the world. And right there, Susan decided to give her life to Jesus. When she got home, her father found out and was furious. He grabbed Susan and her younger brother, dragged them outside, held a knife to their throats, and said, Susan, if you don't stop going to church and worshiping God, I will kill you and your brother. But Susan didn't stop, so her father took her to a room in their house and placed a mat on the floor. He told Susan to stay in that room and sit on the mat until you are willing to deny Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Her father turned around, walked out of the room, and locked the door. Susan's father didn't return to that room for three months. The only way Susan survived was because while her father was out, her brother would dig a hole under the door and pour water into it for Susan to lap up. Sometimes he would fry up some banana and slide it under the door to his sister. After about three months, the neighbors began to wonder where Susan was, so they asked her brother, and he told them. They immediately called the police. When they came, they opened the door and found Susan sitting on the mat. She was alive, but just barely. The bones in her legs had begun to grow and conform to the way she had been sitting, and she weighed only 44 pounds. They rushed her to the hospital, where they began to rehabilitate her. When Susan was asked why she hadn't tried to escape, she replied, Because my father said if I was to leave that mat, I would be denying Jesus, and I couldn't do that. I decided not to leave Jesus because he had given me eternal life, and even if I died there, I would be sure that I would go to him. That's the story of Susan in Uganda, Africa. Shalom, Havari. My name is Faith Hope Lavelle, and in today's top story, I get to share my story of salvation. The Lord used many things to help me get saved. First, I was blessed to have many good examples in my life to follow including my mama and papa and other men and women of the Lord who helped me. One of those was Corey Tenboom. Her life had a big influence in my salvation. Hearing her testimony of how she stayed with the Lord, even though she went through so much in the Nazi concentration camp, really touched my heart. God was using Corey's life to help me see that I needed what she had. Then one day, my sister, who was living in a place called Teen Challenge, called us and shared how she had a friend who had to leave and go home because her dad just died in a car accident. Later that night, I asked Mama, what if Pa died? She said, well, your Pa knows where he will go. I thought, wow, he has faith that he will go to heaven. This really convicted me because I didn't have that. I knew I wasn't right with God yet. So I went to bed that night and I got right with God and prayed to become a Christian. And as soon as I got done praying, I felt this deep calm come over me, and I had the best night of sleep in my life. Praise Jesus. That's the story of me, Faith Hope Lavelle, in America. Wow. Well, as a mother... I am just so encouraged by Faith's faith reporting and especially of her <laughs> own salvation and her own testimony. And we love them all, but we're a little bit biased. We kind of love kinda, that one. Kind of like that one the best, <laughs> but they're all a blessing. Amen. Yeah. And I just love seeing her growing in the Lord. And, you know, every morning I wake up and I hear her playing her worship music and Amen. just really drawing close to the Lord, adding, and, adding to her faith. 
Yeah, she's been yeah, writing songs and mm. um, just really growing in her personal relationship with the Lord, which is really beautiful because, you know, we can give our children so much of things of the Lord, but then they also need to grow and develop their own personal relationship with the Lord. Amen. And um, it's just really a blessing to see Faith walking in the Spirit and to be able to do things with her, like cooking and cleaning and housework and, and you preaching. Know, preaching and yeah, sharing the gospel. she goes out on outreach, right? Yes. Amen. And, so you have a mother and daughter team there. That's right. Reaching the women out there that need Jesus. Yeah. She was with us at the Lady Gaga concert. That's right. Recently. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Amen. just such a blessing. Hopefully um, she's encouraged other young people listening here today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. So we want to also mention on this episode, because we're getting um, people signing up for the tour to Israel mm, in Taking June, steps of faith. Taking steps of faith. That's right. To go to Israel in June of 2023. Yalla. Yalla. Come with us. Yalla Bo. means let's go. Let's go. Yalla. Bo means come. Come with us. That's right. And yalla means hurry up and let's sign go. up let's for go. the tour. So we want you to sign up for the tour. We want to bring you to Israel and let you taste and see mm. that the Lord is good in the land of Israel. You will mm. be tasting and seeing and enjoying all the beautiful things, but also learning and the the things that you're sensing and that you're seeing and you're you're doing are actually going to saturate your heart. That's right. And you're going to help others way. who haven't tasted and seen Yeshua yes. the Messiah. Because we're just, we're supposed to be salty. That's right. We're the salt of the earth. That means we're supposed to be salty in Israel too. We're going to meet people. We're so gonna, they can taste and see the Lord is good. Amen. That's right. We're going to do more than just see the sights. We're going to mm -hmm. see souls. And that's really the goal of our tour is that we not only see all the things going on, but that we also pay attention to the souls that are around us and see if God would open up doors for divine appointments with people while we're there. It's just so Amen. beautiful. There's so many wonderful things to experience in Israel. So I'm really excited to bring you to Israel with us. Um, if you have not done so yet, please visit our website, hinanitours.com. And if you listen to this episode, fill out a quote request or a contact form on the website, and we are going to give you a special code, a special discount code if you're interested in signing up for the tour. And um, just contact us on the hinanitours.com website. Let us know you heard the episode and you want a discount code for the tour before you sign up and we'll give that to you. So we're excited to bring you to Israel as the Lord leads. And please, please do pray about that. Amen. And remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He has everything under control. So look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Amen. 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 And may the Lord bless you as you seek him today. Maranatha. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Adoption Radio. You can reach us through our website, adoptionairfare.com. Also, please subscribe and leave us a review on the listening platform of your choice. Lord willing, we'll see you next time. Maranatha. Maranatha.